The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Joab. Yes, my lord. Special assignment for you today. I need you to gather the men, all of them, every single one in attendance. Today we are going to number the armies of Israel and Judah. Uh, my Lord, may the Lord richly bless all of your armies and multiply them a hundred times over. But why do you need to do this? Joab, I have thought about this and I am convinced. Now I don't need your lip today. I just need you to go out and count the armies of Israel. Count from Beersheba all the way to Dan. My Lord, as you have commanded, it shall be done. My Lord, I have done as you have commanded. I have gone from the lands of Dan all the way down to the valleys of Beersheba. I have counted all of the men of fighting age who know how to wield a sword. And in the lands of Israel, their numbers count 800,000. And in the lands of Judah, they count 500,000. Excellent. Oh no. I've done a great sin. Go on, Joab. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's fine. Carry on. Thank you, my lord. I, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. Oh lord, t- take this iniquity away from me. For I have done I have done something very foolishly. Um What brings you here, God, prophet of the Lord? Thus saith the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. Option one, seven years of famine to come to you on your land. Or option two, shall you flee for three months before your enemies while they pursue you? Or option three, there be three days of plague in your land. Now, David, consider and see that I may answer him who sent me. God, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hands of the Lord. I'd, I'd rather God punish me because his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hand of a man. And so let it be. In the last chapter of Samuel, we see David wanting to conduct a census over the land. Surely, such a simple act seems innocent. This week, we dwell into David and the census of Israel. As always, be blessed and enjoy.
All right, welcome back to another episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. My name is Earl Roberts. My name is Nikaz Gay. And we also have our special guest, Dominic Mark Fall. I, I think he was probably the first guest that we ever had. It would really make sense. Yeah, I, I, I'll go on record. He's also been the last guest that we had. Oh, yeah. Episode true. 99. Oh, really? True, true. Right before that. the video era. <laughs> and so this is our first guest in the video era. So hold on. So now y'all get to put a face to the voice and... We'd be remiss if he didn't give us his, fa- his famous... He'd be eager now. <laughs> i just been waiting. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, sir. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But God is good. God is good. Even before we start, right? So, it's probably been... It's probably going to be about three weeks since this episode came out, right? But it's been like a week in real time, right? And our fellow co-host over here, Mr. Nakaz Gay, is back making music now. Oh, yes. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate the It's a great song. Mention. Definitely check it out. It's like, I mean, just quick question. Like, how you feel like again? Like, because I know the last time we talked about your music making on the pod, it was like almost like a void. But yeah. now how you feel now? I feel good, bro. Honestly, this was like an impromptu song. I started making beats hoping that I could get find a love and a passion for, for what I was doing. But somebody hit me up. I was like, yo, I'm trying to, I'm trying to show somebody how to how to edit videos. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything we can do it for? And I, I said yes, hoping that I'd make something. And that really pushed me. And I just made it like within a week. And we ended up shooting it. And it came out, it came out better than I thought it was gonna be. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all, this is the only affirmation I needed right now. <laughs> like I'm ready to get back into it. So <laughs> so yeah, I feel good though. Yeah, man, and it's not a good message too, because like you're more on like the gospel side of music now, and mm-hmm. so like how is it being being different? So I was just talking to my cousin about this. It's like my my mission before was always to be positive. I I wanted to provide a balance in music because you go to music and you listen to people and they have various ideologies and they push in various lifestyles. Sometimes violent, sometimes like disrespectful to women and. All type of stuff. And before, I wanted to always be positive. I wanted people to have an artist they can listen to when mm-hmm. they want good vibes. You know what I'm saying? And I did. Uh, sometimes, like, the language I use wasn't, like, as proper, as, a, as acceptable in all areas. Like, not curse words, but just sometimes just just different type of slang, like, that we use in the Bahamas. You know what I'm saying? But now, it's like, I am finding peace knowing that my goal is the same, but... For the kingdom. So I want to always provide good music. I want to always provide clean music. But this time, I have a mission. We used to say the analogy early on the pod. If I knew somebody was going to pass away tomorrow. If I knew that um, John Doe is going to get in his car and get into a fatal accident. And I had this knowledge and God gave it to me. Why wouldn't I try to stop John Doe from getting in his car? If I care about John Doe, if I even know John Doe exists, I'm going to say, yo, do not get in this car, right? Mm-hmm. And because I know that salvation is at hand and that Jesus is returning, I know this for a fact. I am fully convinced and fully convicted of this. Mm-hmm. And I see people who travel on a, on a path that is not leading to heaven. I want to stop them from getting in that car. I want to stop them from traveling on that path. You feel me? And I think... That's something I thought about all the time, and that goes on to having the helmet of salvation because salvation is present in your mind at all times. And so the song that I released, Destination, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I have a destination, you know what I'm saying? And the music that I made before, it was not specifically tailoring me or preparing me for this destination, you mm-hmm. know? And so, yeah, God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. Now, Dominic, since this is your first time being in the video era, oh, okay. I want you to tell the people a little bit more about yourself. <laughs> like. Oh. You keep it 
condensed. Like, all right. Anything they want them to know how God has blessed you recently, lately, the last six months. Let's just do that again. Last six months. All right. Well, I got to say this. uh, In all things, God has been good to me. You know what I mean? I there have been there have been some ups and some downs over the last six months, and you know you've 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 seen you've seen people come you've seen people go but you know in all things God has been good. I know uh, the 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 biggest thing that that has happened for for me and my wife is we were able to um, purchase a house, which is actually where we're recording from right now. Yes, sir. Amen. Thank so, Thanks for having us, man. <laughs> Thanks so, for having us. So yeah, that's 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 one of the biggest things that that um has that, that has happened next and next to that has been like um I I also got a new job recently. Got a got a a decent sized promotion. So Amen. You know, Amen to that. Just all of all of the things in my life, you know, I, I look at it and I say Man, God has led me from point A to point B. You know, God has never once left my side, and for that reason alone, I can never, I can never be anything but grateful. So, Amen. Good stuff. That's a blessing. That's Amen. a blessing in itself. Mm-hmm. So we are this week. We in Second Samuel twenty four, right? So last week, as a recap, we saw David's. It called it David's last words. And we went off, like, I was kind of like, almost like a little psalm in itself. And then we talked about David's mighty men. And one of the most important things that we saw some of the most prominent people we heard about, like Uriah, was one of David's mighty men. And the reason why that was so important, that was that it wasn't that David didn't know who Uriah was. Because when we read the first story, it just sounds like, okay, Uriah was like, was like a good fighter in the army. Mm-hmm. But when you realize these mighty men were with David before he became king, these were like his main battle soldiers, and it was only like about thirty of them. You're like, hold on, David, you went out of your way yes. to like you really doubled like, down. This one of your boys, nah. Mm-hmm. This ain't even like exactly David's. You bet she was father was also a mighty man. Mm. So it's like it messy again. It's it, it been messy, boy. So it's like David really knew what he was doing when he decided to commit that act that spiraled things out of control. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting story. And so now we are in 2 Samuel chapter 24. This is the last book of Samuel. This is the last chapter in the book of Samuel. And so we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Um, there's a lot of discuss, a lot of interesting things that came out. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy. Um, so reading in verse 1, again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army, who was commander of the army, who was with him, Now go throughout the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, and count the people that I may know the number of the people. And Joab said to the king, Now may the Lord of God add to the the people a hundred times more than they are. And may the eyes of the of my king of, of the Lord my king see it. But why does hmm. the Lord my king desire this thing? Hold on, bro. You know this part when Joab, bro, advocating Ex- on behalf of God to David. But it's so interesting too, right? Because like again, we see Joab mm-hmm. has been like David's voice of reason. Yeah, when David's <laughs> falling apart, it's like Joab is speak up. Joab is stepping. So it's like, even though we may not agree with his methods mm-hmm. all the time, yeah. let's see a couple episodes ago. Oh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> couple episodes ago, right? 
I was I was kind of on Joab's side, okay? Yeah. You know? uh-huh. Some people had to some people had to perish. Yes. And I was I may I may I may have been kind of harsh, but I was like, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. So I I am a little partial to Joab. Yeah. See, but that's the thing, though. Joab, when it comes to war and being a good leader and that type of stuff, that's his area, and he does it well. Very well. He sticks to the he sticks to the script. You understand? He does not waver on David. David is a little unpredictable at times. Like. David of the compassion factor. Right. That is creeping. David is an artist, bro. That's really what it is. David is a true artist. It's about feeling, bro. It's about vibe. It ain't, it ain't always structure, bro. It's the, it's the vibe. It's like, when, when David killed the Amalekite, the vibe was like, yeah, we got yeah, to kill him, right? But now we have Shimei, who disrespected God's anointed by throwing rocks at David, cursing David. Mm-hmm. And um, Joab's brother, I think his name is Amasa, was like, yo, surely we killing this one. Abishai. Abishai. I'm I'm shy. Shy. Surely we killing this one, and he's like, no one will die because the vibes was off that day. You understand? Like, you, bro, he's a true artist, bro. Like, I relate. I relate to him. I can't give you a black and white response. This is going to happen, and this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just depends on the day. So today, David is like, mm, I'm feeling real numbery today. We gonna get a, we gonna count. But what I'm saying about Joab is that we know Joab when it comes to war and things of war. That's his area of expertise, and he's, he's black and white, sticks to the court. But we don't see Joab on the side of God often. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And that's where David and Joab, they kind of conflict at times. Because, you know, it wasn't right for them to kill Abner um, in 1 Samuel with Joab. And, oh, no, I think that was at the beginning of the 2 Samuel. But Joab and those were like, no, nah, we're getting our revenge. We're getting our back. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we see David on our side of God. With compassion. See, like how oh, you see it, right? David is be on the side of righteousness. Joab mm-hmm. is be on the side of logic and right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But again, every time that is right doesn't make it righteous. Yeah. Because Absalom would have mm. to perish. Mm. <laughs> that was the right thing to do. <laughs> it only makes sense. Nothing good. It's gonna keep. It's gonna come from this man staying alive. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Absalom had to perish. Mm-hmm. David was like. Don't kill my son, though. <laughs> don't kill my son. He's I like, on the run, right? But don't, but don't, kill, don't kill my, don't my son. son. And he want to kill me, you know. And he probably want to kill y'all, too. But, but just, deal, deal gently with my boy. With the boy, for my sake, mm-hmm. was his words. But we, now, saw, we, saw, we saw David was like this from, from, the, the, from the cave with Saul. When, mm-hmm. when Saul gone into the cave, mm-hmm. David take a piece of his cloak. He could have killed. He could have killed Saul that day easy. And who was right there to tell him to kill Saul? Abishai, boy. Abishai, Abishai was ready. He was right there, bro. So <laughs> all better, but they like wait. Abishai <laughs> said, "Guess what? You don't have to dirty your hands. I, I would do it. Care. I can do Swift. it. Though. I, I, one shot, <laughs> one hit. <laughs> I surely, I surely will not miss. I surely will not miss. But I want, I want, I want get to something because we we've been on this we've been on this uh 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 thing a little while now. But before this happened. I want you to notice in the first in the first uh, uh, in the first verse, mm-hmm. it says that the anger of the law bird against Israel and hold that point. I want to read a little right. bit more. And we can come back to that. Right. Just to like, but you believe you make that point before? No, no, no. We spoke about that before. Mm-hmm. When I think I can't remember what we were talking about. It was something to do with Saul. This was this was at the whole apartment, right? And 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 I used that as a reference. And so I'm glad you back here so that we could talk about it in context. Now you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, so, bing, 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 bing. Therefore, therefore, Job and the captains of the army went out 
from the presence of the king to count the pe- to count the people of Israel. And they crossed over the Jordan and camped in a roar on the on the right side of the town, which is in the midst of the ravine of God, and towards Jazer. Then they came to Gilead, and the land of Tatim Hoshai. They came to Dan Jan, and around Sidon, and they came to the stronghold of Tyre and to all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites, and they went out to the south of Judah, as far as Beersheba. And when they had gone through the land and they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and 20 days, so this just shows how long it took them to do the mm-hmm. census. Then Joab gave the sum of the number to the, to the king, and there were, and they were in the sight of, and there were in, the, in Israel 800,000 valiant men who drew from the sword. Mm. And the men of Judah were 500,000 men. And David's heart, in verse 10, and David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now I pray, O Lord, take my iniquity, take the iniquity, or take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Mm. Now to your point. Mm. I just want to set the whole scene so we could talk about it in its entirety at this point. So the first thing I wanted the first thing I wanted to to take note of, and this this was one of the things that I had to really wrap my head around, right? Because we see it now. That David is guilty. Mm-hmm. Right? And David knows he's guilty. David knows he's guilty. Yeah. But if we read from the beginning, from the top of the from the top of the chapter, it says the Lord is the one who stand up uh, in anger against the, uh, against Israel, and the Lord incited David um, to go and do this thing. So my question now is, like, I I I pose the same question: Why was it? Or why does it seem like there's there's a there's a disconnect here? You like, know, like Kazi, take this one. Okay, <clears throat> so this story is captured in Second Samuel twenty four as we're reading, mm-hmm. but it's also captured in First Chronicles twenty one, mm-hmm. and this is the exact story that it's talking about. <clears throat> two different authors, I believe, but they capture it from different perspectives, and it's important for us to get a full understanding when Adam and Eve. Sin, they chose to listen to the devil over listening to God. And because of that, we've been at war with we've been at war against choosing good and choosing evil, right? And the father of lies is Satan. We know that. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The father mm-hmm. of evil is Satan. And then you know God is the father of good, all things good. And so first Chronicles chapter 21, it starts off by saying, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab and to the rulers, of the people, go number Israel from Beersheba, even unto Don. I could put a point right there so that we know that this is the same story that's talking about. Mm-hmm. So we have one chapter that's saying God did that. And we have another chapter that's saying um, <clears throat> Satan did that. But now I want to cross-reference this with James chapter 1. And God is so good because this is what I read in my devotion this morning. Completely unrelated. We were supposed to record this last night. And see, this is where I get crazy, bro. We were supposed to record this episode last night, but I forgot my equipment and it was too late. Mm-hmm. And so this morning, when I was reading my devotion, I'm like, bro, this goes in to get completely. So James chapter 1 verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived it, bring it forth sin. And when it is finished, bring it forth death. 
Mm-hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, wow. this right here, that text right here, summarized the whole chapter we'll be about to go into. David, uh, when David came into power, David, the um, the army, they were scared to fight Philistines. We just read uh, last chapter, or maybe two, last chapter with the mighty men. Mm-hmm. Now they're killing six, seven giants. No, six, six or five of Goliath's brothers get mm-hmm. killed by just random people. David, when he was a boy, was the first person to have the the um the confidence to Courage, go and do yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and then guess what? That was only by the grace of God. So the state of the army of God's army, the army of Israel, when David became king. They were not accomplished soldiers. They had not been mighty and they had not had the respect of other nations. David, because he decided to trust in God, was victorious in most, if not all of his battles. And now at the end of it, when David is about to die, he looks back and say, man, look at what I did. Look at my resume. I took the, the, um, the army from this number to this number. 1.3 mil. To 1.3 mil. But the only way he could accurately document what he took the, num- the, the army to, he would have to count them. Mm-hmm. And so now, Joab is looking at him like, bro, God could give you more, more men if you want to. You can't, you can't sit here and document this as if this is a feat of yours because it is God who supplies. That's what Joab trying to say to him. But David had his own lust in his mind that I want to be remembered. Because think about it, this at the end of his life. He wanted to be remembered as great as he was. But the, his greatness only came about through God. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And so now, when we look at it from two sides. One side, the devil provoke him to do that. And he give in. And God saying, if you give in, I am not going to stop you from doing that. And so now, when we look at Samuel, I, the assumption is that we already know that David had already passed the, the the he had already passed the area or the the section. I, I can't think of the right word, but he had already passed the time of of lust and temptation. He already given into that. Mm-hmm. That's the assumption. So now they write it as God um, made David do this, or however they they verbalize it it. it. it almost comes off as you know with with Pharaoh and God hardening his heart. Exactly. You know, and and it, 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 it's it's kind of like you know he who is. You know, righteous, let him be righteous, still kind of way. You yeah. know what I mean? Because in the hardening heart, I used to think hardening, because when I think of the word hardening, it means to make hard, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that Pharaoh's heart had some degree of softness to it, and God hardened it to make it hard. But now I'm of the belief that hardening in this sense means it's crystallizing it. So whatever whatever form your heart is, I am making this to remain that way, like like pottery. You mm-hmm. form it in one way. Pharaoh formed his own heart to be as hard or as soft as it was. And God said, all right, now it's time to cement this now. Time to put it in the kiln yeah. and let it harden up. I let this harden. So if you, in your heart, already convinced me, God, that you would not obey God no matter what natural disasters come, I am going to keep you there. And that's what happens. God gives us a way to our own lust. Mm-hmm. After we already convinced him time and time again, this is what I want. This is who I am. And so that's what we see happening in um first second Samuel chapter twenty four. Now before we continue, I just wanted to um point, uh, plug in this one thing from um I I gonna read a little bit from uh the book of um prof, patriarchs and prophets an LNG White book mm-hmm. um and this this is just another another um thing that just plugs in exactly what we're talking about here and this is from the last chapter of um patriarchs and prof, uh, prophets chapter uh, seventy three. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ellen White writes, this would tend to further, fo- uh, this would tend, this would tend still further to foster the already too great self-confidence 
of both king and people talking about mm. um, David and and, mm. and and Israel and kind of how how they doing so well. <laughs> and so the, the the scripture says Satan stood up and that's that's notice what she's saying now. The scripture says that uh, Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Mm-hmm. The prosperity of Israel under David had been due to the blessing of God mm-hmm. rather than to the ability of her, of, of her king or of the strength of her armies. But the increasing of the military resources of the kingdom would give the impression to surrounding nations that Israel's trust was in her armies mm. and not in the power of Jehovah. Mm. See, that's what made, that make it even worse, you know, because right. I thought this was just a pride thing. But it's like the optic of it, bro. You giving off the, you giving off, you minimizing God mm-hmm. by showing people how great your army is. Mm-hmm. And then so now, just for people who even trying to ask themselves now, so what was so, what was like even with that, like why was just numbering the people so vehemently wrong, right? So if you go back to Exodus thirty, Exodus thirty, I'm gonna just start reading from verse eleven. Then the Lord said to Moses, "When you take a census of the Israelites to count them, each one must pay the Lord a ransom for his life." At the end of the time he is counted, then no plague will come on on them when you number them. Mm. Each one who crosses over to those already counted is to give a half a shekel according to the sanctuary shekel weighs like 10 giras. The half a shekel is an offering to the Lord. All who cross over 20 years or 20 years old or more are to give an offering to the Lord. The rich are not to give more and the poor are not to give less. When you make the offering to the Lord to atone for your lives, receive the atonement money from the Israel from the Israelites and use it for the, for the service of the tent of meeting. It will be a memorial for the Israelites before the Lord, making atonement for your lives. Right. So now you see, certain things were to happen when a census was to take place, mm. and like if not like if it if it doesn't happen, what happen? A plague would come upon them, and also too like again, everything you guys said was absolutely correct, but. When you take a census, the so reason why God was like taking a census was so important. When you take a census of your people, it's showing that you own them. Mm. So God was saying, y'all ain't supposed to do this because that's why you have to atone for your lives when you take a census because no king owned my people. Mm. I own y'all. Yeah, that's So crazy. now when you're taking a census of the people, you're saying, again, look what I do. Look what I do to the army. Mm. But now you're saying, I own all of y'all Israelites. Y'all are my people. Mm-hmm. Think about like, if you, like when in America, when you take a census, all y'all is Americans. Y'all are one nation. In the Bahamas, all of y'all are Bahamians. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this is our people. So now God's saying, hold on, hold on, David. I ain't tell you to do this. You do this for your own self. Where does where atonement money coming from? Mm. So now you see, right, you see, like, think about it. Right after it was done, David was like, oh yeah, I messed up. I messed up. Like, hold on. Like, no, this, this is too grave Inst- of a thing. Instantly convicted. Instantly. Mm-hmm. Like, again, man after God's own heart, but it shows you, like, okay, pride comes before the fall. Boy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, bro. Because, like, the dev- like, the devil provokes you for things that you secretly want within, right? Now, you don't read our mind, but he observes us. That mm-hmm. I'm talking about the devil and his, his agency. <laughs> his, 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 it might not be the devil himself. The devil himself probably provoked David because he was the leader of the army. I didn't say Satan mm-hmm. stood up and provoked. Mm-hmm. But in our everyday lives... You know, demons, they observe us. They know what you want, bro. They know. See, your thing might not be something as graphic as porn or anger. or so. Your thing might be gluttony. Your thing might be um, covetousness. You understand what I'm saying? So they try to put you in positions for you to be more covetous. You understand? For you to be more 
I'm wide-eyed and, and just wanting more and more. You feel me? Your thing might be your thing might be lying. I put you in a position to lie more. You feel me? And the thing about it is, none of us are by ourselves equipped to overcome that. None of us. You understand what I'm saying? I think it was easy for the devil to try to do that too because like we've seen this is a David wanting to be known as a great king. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> think about it like, God already tell him, bro, you can't build me the temple. Because it would ever be known as David's temple. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We, shoot, we still just call it Solomon's temple. Even after Herod, then we, we do it after Solomon. It's still like Solomon's, <laughs> Solomon's temple. temple yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like God's like, no, 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 you ain't going to do this. But we, but we see David want to be like memorialized, bro. So again, it's like low-hanging fruit. Like, all right, cool. You are, you're almost at your end. You can't get the temple, right? So like, okay, I know I'm about to die soon. What could I still go out for? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But then think about it though, right? You know you're a great king, right? Now, obviously, you great. A great king in this instance is a king that follows God. You understand what I'm saying? Listens to God. So it ain't really like you specifically the things that you did. And in this, I think in this text this morning, because I remember reading where it was saying all good things come from God mm-hmm. at the end of the day. In, exactly. In First James, what I was studying this morning. And it's like, you are good because of God. That's a fact, right? But you would have, you tarnish your own name. Exactly, and that's what I think. It's like it's like a redemption thing now, because right. like, brah, everything I did good was kind of before these last couple of years of hardship. Yes. Yeah, like I just come back off the running thing, had to kill my son, had to squash squash an uprising. You know what I'm saying? Like my kingdom barely hanging on. Right, and then we have multiple tribes who still don't really like me for real. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the king, but I had to force you all to make me. Like, well, because, I, had to, I had to I had to kill the rebellions because yeah. notice too, the census split. Mm-hmm. Judah and Israel, Israel. Yes. split. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like a certain case you can see this. Like, you can see the state of his, of his kingdom right now. You can see the state of the Israelites. Like, ever since he came back, there, was, there has been a noticeable split in the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, now, cause, so it's just interesting. It's like the little hints the Bible already showing you. Like, oh, yeah, just seeing united Israel no more. Among the people of Judah, 500,000. Among the Israel, 800,000. So you could see, yeah, things ain't, things ain't the same. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the truth. So he is a redemption thing for him. I could, I could see someone being a little insecure about that. I do so much, but then, dang, I had to ruin it. Now I got I to gotta end off on a high. Yeah. You know, because truthfully, I did accomplish these things because God allowed me to accomplish these things. And so now you have to kind of cut off God to redeem yourself. And so, like, it's all bad and... And I don't, I, I completely don't grasp the full severity of it, but I can see multiple, ins- I can see multiple factors and reasons why this was not good. And David was in fact advised beforehand not to do this, you know? So now this is like iniquity, like you, you intentionally doing this, you feel me? And so, and so now we can see, we can kind of understand why God and David both reacted the way they did mm-hmm. after the fact. So now, um, David, being being so in verse eleven. Now David arose in the morning, and the word of the Lord came to the prophet God, David seer, saying, "Go and tell go and tell David, thus said the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself, that I may do it to you." So God came and told David, and he said to him, "Shall seven years of famine come to you in your land, or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you?" Hmm. Or shall there be three days of plague in your land? Now consider and see what and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. So, I like how God approached David. 
Hmm? Continue, continue that point. I'm sorry. Oh, I like how God approached David, right? So now God's saying, okay, you know you mess up. I know you mess up. <laughs> like a parent. Yeah, we ain't got to do all this convincing mm. no more. Like, like when your mom used to tell you, go choose the belt you want to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Switch. Just <laughs> go pick, get your belt. Pick, pick it. <laughs> God's saying, all right. We, 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 we ain't got to go through the long slap up. Yeah. Choose your punishment. Let me know and it will happen. Mm. It ain't saying you can get out of this now. But choose your punishment. You want three days a plague? You want seven years of farming? Or you want three months on the run? Mm. I just found, I was, I was just kind of um, looking just now because I reading along in the New International Version, you know. <laughs> and in the New International Version, it actually calls out for, it actually calls out for, Three years of farming instead of seven. So I was just so that was just kind of like one of those things. I was like, hold on, what's going on, y'all? So, but what was interesting to me because I when I when I read it for myself, you know that it actually made a lot of sense because there's there's you know everything in the Bible is is very intentional, mm-hmm. right? And so God offers um, God offers David three options, and they are. Three years of famine, according to the New International Version. Three months of, of being on the run, or three days of pestilence. So it was just like, and my my question at that point in time was, is there is there any significance in this in this threes? You know what I mean? But it's, it's interesting too, because if you read Chronicles, it says three years of famine too. Mm. Right. So now in, it, in the King James, it said that. New King James, it says in the oh. in the King James, it says seven. So, I, say, I mean, oh, in, in, in we go new- to Chronicles, it mm-hmm. says three. But we 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 could. Anywho, because yeah, he, he, yeah. he didn't choose that one. Yeah. No, so, no, no. So like, <laughs> it was just, it was just it was just an interesting little little tidbit. Yeah, I think it's so like the interest like the interesting thing between the 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 three options now, right? It's like when you think about it on a different scale. Like we could get to what he chose in a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So now we think about it. So now first thing, famine, right? The rich could survive, but the poor could suffer more. But now you guys. You're so mighty, but you have to rely on your, en- your enemies and your neighbors for food. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. So now, okay, that's the farming option. So now when you think about the, the um, what's the second one is? You and your run, run, enemy, run. Yeah. enemies. People will die. It'll be mostly soldiers. But now this great army you just number will be greatly diminished. Mm. And now you could be subjected to be attacked more by your enemies even after these three months. All right, cool. So now let's see the plague. The plague... It's the shortest duration. It don't matter. Anyone could get affected by this plague. Anyone young, could, old, mm-hmm. rich, and poor. But it's the shortest duration. But people will absolutely die. Mm-hmm. And But it's, it's more indiscriminate of who's going to die. So it's just, it's just interesting the three options God put them in. Like God, God putting David in. Like, no, because it will happen, people will die. Hmm. Now we know the original punishment for like taking the sense without taking the, the atonement and offering for your sins is a plague. But it's just it's just interesting like this not like scenarios. Now everything you thought was so prideful and oh gonna be you, each one of these is gonna put subject like, gonna subject your people who you just numbered, like a great number of them will die. Mm-hmm. And so do you, do you see the irony in it that David was so adamant on showing himself to be a great leader that he put all of his people in grave danger, which would make him 
which would make for a not good leadership decision. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, it's ironic. If you were a good leader, you would sacrifice your pride and your honor for the betterment of the people. And Joab, so this this way I can give Joab his flowers once again, because... This is a rare moment, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no, no, for true, because remember I was saying Joab don't really always stand on the side of righteousness, right? But Joab is a man who trying to make sure that the, the kingdom and the army and everything is around in order. So it's like, this was technically something that kind of crosses over righteousness as a king and then the army because you was counting the army. Mm-hmm. So you got to run that truth with the general because he have to get people to count and do all these things. So he's saying, bro, now you hurting our army and you hurting the people. You understand what I'm saying? And so it makes sense because even when even when David was crying over Absalom, um, Joab, the man who actually killed Absalom, was like, bro, you got to mm-hmm. suck it up, bro. You got to suck it up. People see you, you're crying. They can sit and think that you, you would have been happy if they did die and your son did survive. And so what you think that could do for the morale of the kingdom? And then we end up finding out the morale of Israel. They was not on David's side. Only Judah really accepted David and loved him unconditionally. But Israel, these people, was it was divided. And Joab, he assessed the situation and let him know, bro, you keep crying, you could do more damage than good, bro. You suck it up, bro. You know, and David surely did suck it up. But this time, David mm-hmm. ain't, ain't even listen to Joab. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, bro. No, you, you've been too talkative lately, bro. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. You're not king. It's interesting, though. When we get to First Kings, we have to have a, a more in-depth talk about Joab, too, though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right next child, you got to start talking about Joab. Yeah. yeah. But it gets interesting. So now, in, you got anything to say? No, go for it. So in verse 14, right? And David said to God, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hand of man. David's like, oh, I'm in a pickle here. Nah. I, I wanted to say something to though, right? You see, like how you say, because I know he's trying to get that point out quick. Mm-hmm. Now, David is so mature and so used to, to, to failing <laughs> that the prophet don't even break it down for him anymore. <laughs> Like, you remember when Nathan the prophet come to him and say, oh, you have done this. First he speaks to him. speaking and, a parable. Yeah, he spoke in a parable. And now when it was revealed, he was like, the Lord said, you have done this. And you have done this. And if it was if, if it was too little, I would have done more. So mm. he gave him a talking to. Now God was like, I, I just cut to the chase now. Yeah, no, because it's so poison up. right now. Bro. No, because it's like David immediately knew what what I did was stupid. What I did was foolish and I got, I got, I got to deal with the consequences regardless. Yeah, he this ain't he, he, the radio. No, he, he, he know what's going. You know what's happening. Yeah, bro. But whew, what I wanted to ask y'all, right? Because we we had this we had this conversation off. off I, mic. I, I would yeah off mic off camera whatever it is. Whatever the terminology is, nah, you know what I mean. I knew to all this, but we was talking about this and we were saying uh, the the question was asked like what what. What would you have cho- chosen of the three options? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Now, I personally, I felt like going with the uh, anything other than that second option, that three months on the run, mm. was, was, was in, my, in my opinion at the time, selfish. Because I, when I read this, what, what, what it appeared to me is, you know, like, listen, I could take on all the responsibility. I could you know, deal with whatever and people ain't necessarily have to die or if somebody dies, it's going to be, you know, only the people, you know, who close to me, which I guess is a bad thing in and of itself is the people who closest are. But um, still, my thing is you, you saving the people who you supposed to be, you know, looking after you saving your, 
your your countrymen, your the people who 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 you supposed to be leading, but you you decide and you like man, listen, I don't care. It's like whatever, Lord, whatever you do, just don't don't let me be hurt by somebody. Like don't let me fall into the hands of the enemies. And I'm mm-hmm. like. That that's to me. I was I was thinking that was selfish, but I think uh, I, I I think the his reasoning was selfish, right? Because he wasn't saying, "Lord, I want I want the army have to deal with with my punishment." He's saying, "No, I just don't want no other king have to be able to say that he had me on the run." Yeah, you feel me? Yeah. I, I I rather I rather you punish me than than another man have to have to have me on the run, and he can he could rejoice about this. No, mm-hmm. you feel me? So that is. In my opinion, that is selfish. It's reason. I don't want to die like Saul. Yeah, I don't be like that. No. Yeah. And then he remember when Saul. But then he remember when Saul had him on the run too. You see what I'm saying? Like, well, I ain't gonna do that no more. Listen, because he was on the run for a while. I too old for that. I too old for that. I ran past that stage. Real talk, but when I was young, that was taking all my energy. <laughs> Judge now, bro. You know, hey, I don't know if another 30, 30 men, vagabond, just running around, who I could gather with me in a cave, bro. Like, I can't be doing this. And then when Absalom had him on the run, too, he was such a liability then, too. They was like, bro, you, you got to stay here, bro. You can't even come out with us if, if any action happened, bro. David Ian, he and he and he and he and his prime no more. Yeah, this ain't a 10,000 thing. He killed his sense a thousand. He already killed his sense a thousand. He only good for 10 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He only good for 10. Wait, just like two chapters ago, they was like, hey, bro, David, you're getting old. <laughs> no, he, he, they, they in a fight, right? David going to get killed. And Joe Almas, he had to save him. He's like, bro, you got to stop coming to us. Right? <laughs> you are literally lying. Bro, I was playing ball, ball yesterday, right? And I was working on my game, dog. And, and they asked this dude in the gym, this muscular dude, if he want to if he wanna run with them. And he ran with them, bro. But this dude really, like, it was almost like he never played basketball before in his life, bro. And everybody was having so much fun until he started playing. But he was such a liability. It's like, bro, I, I kind of have to look after you on the yeah, court now. Because yeah. I know you won't provide no no offensive yeah, threat for you. Yeah. So it's all on me that's playing two on two. And that's how they looking at David now. But yeah, they're like, you bro, just... you, you here, if they kill you, that's a high, that's a, that's like a... Morale killer, kingdom yeah, that's like killer. Yeah, morale killer, bro. Like, like, that's too high of a liability, number one. Yeah. Number two, you ain't holding your weight. You see what I'm saying? Now I have to fight for me and you at the same time. Just stay home, bro. Just stay home, bro. Like, you almost, you almost rather fight with a handicap than that. What are you Because, like, I ain't trying to be insensitive, right? But if any anybody could die except you, bro. You see what I'm saying? It's like chess, bro. The king died, the game over, dog. Like, that's really what it is. The king died, the game over. So we can't, we can't manage with you... Someone else could get injured, but if you mm-hmm. get injured, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. So we can't, we can't do that, bro. But what would you have chosen, um, um, Earl? Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wrap it up in three days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I feel because because my thing too is like, okay, like it, yeah, like his, his reason was selfish, right? Because you start the point. His reason was selfish. By the end of the day, too, I think the kingdom's gonna be in more liabilities because now, okay, I am on the run. All the nations know because they're pursuing me. Mm-hmm. Not open up our kingdom to be attacked. Yep. It's now if the army kind of protecting me on the run, who really protecting the rest of the kingdoms now, mm. too? So it's like his reason was selfish, but if I go, if I if I go on the run now, bro, like our kingdom really go, and now everyone else dying could be extra mad now. And another rebellion <laughs> might start up again. I might have to come back to our bro. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, but yeah, like honestly, but treat it like, bro, I rather deal with something for three days than three months. Yeah, or, yeah. or three years, seven years. Yeah, I, I rather the three days, bro, because I know the pain will come to end. The, the, the residue might last the seven years or It's or like dealing with a hurricane. Yeah, like you, you could you could handle the aftermath, but if you if you gotta sit down through it extended extendedly Mm-mm. on a little tangent though, that's the word. On a little tangent, when that last hurricane came through, I was deep in my sleep, bro. 
I missed it and all. No. I was there. I see when it was coming about, right? I wake up the next day. It was done. I said, like, wow. I had, I had no action for that. <laughs> Because the coast didn't get wrecked. You know the coast wow. get But that's what I said. On our yeah. side, bro, yeah. I try to say how quick it come. It come yeah. and go on, bro. Yeah, was, I missed it, it, bro. I was deep in my sleep, bro. Because it come it come at night, night, bro. It come, it come at night. Boy, because <laughs> I wake up and it very well did look very normal. Boy, I, I can be real. It looked, it played. A little tree branch in there, bro. No, it, it was it was it was almost as if it wasn't a storm. Yeah. Come on, Polgoni. I know. And then guess what? It was it was it was it was a hurricane for real. Yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna, we gotta get one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I could go on a deeper dive to it. Let's stick to the script. All right, all right, all right. So in verse in verse fifteen, so the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from morning till the appointed time, from Dan to Beersheba. Seventy thousand men, seventy thousand men of the people died. And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from destruction. Mm. So the angel who was destroying the people, he and said to the angel who was destroying the people, it is enough, now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. Always something up going on at them threshing floor. I was going to say that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, this, this is a tangent. It's something with me, right? Yeah. This angel of death? Well, the angel of this plague, this one? Like them too. Like I just want to just feel sometimes. Like, wait, okay, my job is to inflict this pain, right? Mm-hmm. Now you telling me to stop, dread? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, it's just so modern. That's so why, You see why, right? You see why I don't side with Joab, bro. These Joab type of guys, bro. I know, dog. They sticking. They they sticking to their job no matter what, bro. Like, it's blocking the light, bro. Like, bro. Like, I gotta sign a job, bro. Like, <laughs> my word. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny though. But um, <laughs> the, the angel of death always stuff to stop though. Like, he's like, got like, you know, like, okay, hold on, you doing too good. Stop, stop. Like, stop. He, listen, he bought his. He was created for this. He was created to do this. And he, he was bought to be bought. He was so too good of a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but see, my thing is, what I think about with the angel of death is like, like how do you feel, dread? Like, because we know when the Israelites when they came into the land of Canaan, they were tasked with destroying the Canaanites. You know, ridding the land of. You know the Canaanites, and I just, I, bro, I don't know, bro. I take it hard to, to stop a, um, a Capri Sun with the, with the, with the, <laughs> with the, with the straw sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, why should we kill it? Kill it Killing a bunch of people, <laughs> and I born in sin, right? So I just wonder with the angel of death sometimes. Like I, I, I kind of wonder because because at the end of the day, right? What you doing? It's the righteous thing to do. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? And at the same time, like, because the Lord loves us, he He holds us accountable. You understand what I'm saying? We see that happening with um with with David. You see that happening with his children. And and when David didn't hold his children accountable, we uh Amnon, when he didn't hold Amnon accountable, that opened the door for so much other things. So like I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not speaking against punishment at all. Like I I see that I see where that is a loving thing to do, but the infliction of it, like I, like sometimes I I wonder like how does a perfect being feel? Because remember, we were just reading last night, Ezekiel, God don't take delight in punishing, in punishing us. He doesn't. I mean, you so and how I think about it too, it's like, okay, like, man, but God also can't coexist with evil. It's mm. true. And so I think about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? When those two angels entered the city, how much evil and wickedness just was happening. Mm. And so God was like, they was like, man, it hurts to see y'all go, but I can't... St- Done this, man. Hmm. 
know what I'm saying? Like, is we also we also have to understand that these these beings have not just witnessed Sodom and Gomorrah, not hmm. just witnessed you know all these other things, but they have witnessed it all from start to finish, from yeah. from Adam and Eve. <clears throat> yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So they they. You know, and and again, just big picture here. We know that the whole purpose of salvation is to save. You know, th- this whole purpose of you know God's plan is for salvation to bring all of us back, mm-hmm. and and also to be able to 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 you know show that He is a good and just God, right? Mm-hmm. And so all these all these beings have seen it all, you know, from then until now. And they have complete not a like they didn't they didn't go with the other third angels down down with Lucifer right mm. they they so they already have complete not a faith and the things that God has said and the things that God does so in my opinion or the way I would see it if I was one of them it's like listen if if I've already seen who God is with my own eyes and I've seen who these people are with my own eyes the things that they have done the things that they represent the things that they choose to do on mm-hmm. a daily basis i can't i can't hold harbor no strong feelings towards them that would go against the things that god has instructed me to do and there's like one layer <clears throat> so one layer deeper too is like but i see y'all letting the devil and his dem- and demons use y'all mm-hmm. like we can like they can take it off yeah, like, I can yeah. see it like a lamb to the slaughter how you let Lucifer talk to you just now Dre? Mm-hmm. you're supposed to be so close to God how you can't see this him talking to you yeah. so now when some God say alright I'm letting y'all out go mm-hmm. go I mean granted you know it's no, more, it's let, more me, let, let me put it like this though bro let's say let's say the angel of death one day decides honestly I don't I just can't do that I just can't bring myself to do that he would be complicit in the same way that Eli was complicit in his sons mm-hmm. because his sons was running amok, right? But Eli was so compassionate or so, I don't know, timid or however you want to frame it, that he relented from punishing his children or from disciplining them. And because of that, they grew up to do even more sins to the point where God was Put a, God put a curse on their life because mm-hmm. because you allowed us to fast and to grow. And so because God loves us, you know what I'm saying? He trying to nip this in the butt. You feel me? And if you, if this is your job to do, just as parents, it's our jobs to, well, I'm not a parent, but it's a parent's job to uh, discipline their children and stuff like that. That's what you need to do. And if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. You mm-hmm. understand? And spoiling ain't never a good thing. He's used that as a joking thing. Oh, I'm so spoiled. It's not a good thing, bro. Nope. Like, you, you feel me? Oh, ain't nobody is referred to themselves as spoiled unless they no. bad, bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. I talk about, I talk about like people hey, who, live, who live the glamorous lifestyle. Oh, you mean like that? Like that. Me. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel you because I'm like, <laughs> I, just, I just tell people, you spoil. Yeah, and that's yeah. never a good thing. Yeah, true. That's never a good thing. So yeah, we ain't, we don't gotta be spoiled. So in verse seventeen, then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people, and said, "Surely I have sinned and I have done wickedly, but these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house." And so now we see David really saying that, "Yo, I, I didn't really want to die, but I didn't need want all these other people to die because of what I do." So. Like when he's saying sheep, he really saying like no law, like what like I'm seeing like my nation mm-hmm. be afflicted with what's happening. Like, no, like let's Yeah. And this goes this goes back to cause you know, I was 
I was saying earlier that, you know, at first I thought David was being selfish, but then you come and you read this and it's like, you know, and I, and we don't know if, if this, if, if he felt this way when he, when he made his decision or if he felt this way when he saw the results of his decision. But at the end of the day, he still feels for his people. You know what I mean? And so uh, he, he, he wanted to see this happen, not on him on 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 the people as a whole but he wanted to eventually take it on himself so yeah i mean i'm, I'm gonna just read the account in, in second i mean first chronicles uh twenty one seventeen. and david said was it not i who ordered the fighting man to be counted i the shepherd i have sinned and have done wrong but these are but sheep what have they done lord my god let your hand fall on me and my family but not but do not let it not do not let this plague remain on your people so you believe saying like no like again I was the shepherd who made this mistake and now my sheep are suffering like that they they don't really deserve to suffer for what I did. Mm. But again, it's, it it really just shows how sin works, man. Because it's like you could think you know what the ramifications of of your sin is going to be, mm. but you never really could quantify the effects of your sin. Mm-hmm. Because again, one it is going to affect you, but the rippling effects, the rippling hurt, the rippling damage, the loved ones who are going to be affected. The innocent bystanders, you're just going to catch three bullets. You just can't, you can't account for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then we see David, you would think he would have learned, you know, almost losing your kingdom and all. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it's, it's just interesting how the devil still, it sucks, but. Because, because the devil is attacking the things that is deepest within you, bro. Like exactly. your deepest, darkest, <laughs> lust in life, bro. That's like what going for, bro. The devil almost know you as much as you think you know yourself. Right. I, th- I think I think from a sin perspective, the devil knows us more than we know ourselves, bro. Oh, like, 100%. Because it, how much times we see people do something that they never thought they was capable of doing, bro. I never do that before, but I know what happened to me. The devil know he was capable of doing that. And he's like, it's my job to bring that out of you. And that's what he worked towards. You feel me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they say ain't nothing new under the sun, right? Right. And so the devil is seeing the same things that we fall for. He is seeing people fall for the same things day after day. Think about having, like, 6,000 years to perfect your craft. Oh, out of vantage, right? Like, head stopping. (laughs) Like... Like, oh, yeah, I remember when I get Hitler to do this. Mm-hmm. I remember when I had Napoleon. I remember when Ken, Ken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, y'all should have been around when I was first taught. I get Nimrod to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Ned, like bro, this man. Yeah, bro. He he accomplished in being wicked. You see what I'm saying? Like, for real. Very versed in the arts. And then even, even if he had no, even when he had no experience, bro, he convinced a third of angels. See, that's, that just that just goes to to show the 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 creation that God had made. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even it wasn't even a matter of him being well versed in being evil. It's just a matter of him being a perfect being. Mm-hmm. Him having him being created with you know all of the good things, and it just so happened that it became corrupted on its own because mm-hmm. you know. I just be so mad right there. That's a tangent. I just be so mad that Satan has convinced people that they don't want a choice when the very essence of evil, he had to choose it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, when, <laughs> like people who believe that there's no free will. Like, yeah. Bro, that, that really bothers me, bro. I just be like, but yo, like, devil's so good at convincing you something don't exist when <laughs> he had free will to leave heaven. Yeah, I mean, bro. he kind of got kicked out, but he had the free will to choose against God. You know what I'm saying? He, he could He could have. Every step of the way, he could have he could have turned over a new leaf. He could have repented, and God would have forgiven him. Yeah. yeah. 
So, in verse 18, And God came that day to David and said to him, Go up and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arunath the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of God, sent up, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Arun, Aruna, I probably is pronouncing this wrong, but forgive me, looked and he saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Aranuna, whoever, went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said, Why has the, my, the Lord my king come to his servant? And David said, to buy this threshing floor from you, <laughs> to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. So he said to David, let my Lord, the king, take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for the burnt sacrifice and threshing implements for the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these, O king, I have given to the, all these, O king, I have given to the king. And he said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. So the king said to him, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of Abraham. Yeah, that's, that's, mm. that's yeah, what reminds me I, I hate, bro. I appreciate it, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay for this. No, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pay for it. Like, I'm not just going to come here and take your land. Yeah, no, don't make it easy on me, bro. <laughs> Nor will I offer burnt offerings from the lo- to the Lord my God. With that which cost me nothing. I find that to be a very interesting statement, right? Because what how, what meaning does it have to give something to God that didn't mean anything? To right. Us? That the kid, like you and you didn't have to sacrifice anything. Yeah, and like, I I think about I think about the parable with the rich man and the oh, was that the a rich par- young ruler? Yeah, yeah. that's a story. Yeah. So so when when you know there was a. A guy who, you know, beating his chest. And looking, oh, no, that's, that's a parable. That's yeah, a parable. Yeah. Beating mm-hmm. his, like, look at me, you know, I, I come in doing this and mm-hmm. that and the next. And that you have this woman who given just a, a, a penny, you know. No, that's no, that's a story, bro. I, 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 we, we I, keep, keep, thinking, all, I keep thinking you're talking about different stuff. But, yeah, that's that she gave in to Daenerys. Yes, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> and it was like, who gave more? Yeah. You know? And it was, but it was, it was, it was surely the person who gave all that they had mm-hmm. and it, who, the person who's sacrificing um something that you know like that's 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 a gift from the heart something that i i have to give of myself essentially mm-hmm. and and that's that's what's most important to god like not not just because i could go in and take this or you know somebody give me that you know like you know when you was when you was in church when you when you were small and your daddy you give you a dollar to go put an offering like mm-hmm. that that offering you know, and obviously it's a it's a training it's a mm. training mechanism, but you and know, dolly ain't nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to us, it don't mean nothing. I never had it though. I never had it to give it away. Exactly. Like, so know. it's like this 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 just passing from this going in one hand and coming out the next. You know mm. what I mean? So I yeah, go on. Oh, so finish your thought. Finish your no, thought. I just I just saying like is 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 important that whatever we do, you know, whatever we give to God, it has to be something that comes from us, from our hearts, something that we have to we i don't want to say sacrifice but that that's 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 the best word to come into my mind right so now. like i mean like i i want I to agree with you but now you gotta like ask yourselves like even the audience is like why is that the case mm. why why should it be something that you have to sacrifice now and you gotta remember like even when this was implemented before this I mean the sacrifice the atonement for your sins and all right but it's like it was almost like a demonstration of faith and trust in god because now you are a shepherd now, now, right? These lambs, these oxen, for lack of a better word, these are your food. 
and these are also your livelihood as well. Mm. So now when you sacrifice this to the God, you're not only you, like you're literally saying, God, I trust you. I have faith in you. You are still going to provide for me and my family because I am literally sacrificing stuff that would make me money and, mm-hmm. and substance now. I could take it. I could take it one step, one one level deeper. Go for it. For us who are supposed to be taking, um, who's supposed to be following the greatest example, right? What did God do? God sacrificed His only Son. God sacrificed the one thing, mm. probably in this entire un- of all of the things, you know. And we know that everything belongs to God. Of all of the things that belong to Him, He probably sacrificed the one thing that means the most. His only begotten son. Mm-hmm. So how can we emulate that if we're not sacrificing things that belong to us, that mean something to us? Yeah, so think about it now. Like you, When you like just... It takes nothing from you to take something from anybody else and just sacrifice it, sacrifice it on your own, right? But at that same point in time, you ain't really doing a real sacrifice because you ain't taking nothing that God has blessed you with. It's almost like... It's, it kind of reminds me of the parable Nathan said to David. Like this one, like this rich man had sheep. We took a sheep from another man and sacrificed it. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of like foul, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So God's saying, like David saying, no, like I, I, you need to have some skin in the game. You you need to have some sacrifice, and that shows your dependence and your reliance on the God. And you can tell it, look, the king who have all the resources, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I taken an ox from you to go sacrifice that cause. Like, hold on, David. Like, what you really doing? Have you really learned your lesson now? Yeah, for real, bro. Like, that that'd be greedy of you to do. Like, it's a good gesture, but you you it, like it taking away the moment from you. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like, how that could benefit me if I don't have no type of sacrifice in it, bro? And everything. A lot of times, bro, God asking us for sacrifice, bro. John the Baptist live in the wilderness, right? He sacrificed social his social life. He sacrificed his attire. He wear the same thing. He eat the same. He had to sacrifice pleasures and he's described as being the greatest prophet of all prophets to walk this earth he was the greatest one because he lived a life of humility same thing with jesus jesus ain't had no house he was telling people bro fox of even a fox of a dead i don't got nothing you said they're saying you sacrifice obviously god sacrificed his son and then some things you can't you can't achieve except by fasting and praying what is fasting you sacrificing food or some type of natural necessity in order to get closer to God, because some things in our life distract us from the our connection with God, and that's that's money and riches and power, bro. David, like, bro, if I if I allow someone if I allow someone to 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 feel the, the burden of this for me, what do I gain, bro? Imagine if I go in the weight room and I on the bench press, right? And while I doing this, someone spotting me and they lifting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. My mind build no muscles off of that. Mm-hmm. You understand? Because I ain't get to go through the endurance. I ain't had to. I ain't have to work for it. You know, mm-hmm. so and I just want to I just want to put a one one more spin on this because it's like, you know, we we talking about all these things. We talking about sacrifice. We talking about, you know, what what you got to give up for God. But, you know, I also want to I also want to remind us that, you know, this 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 whole thing that we trying to do is we trying to we we personally trying to build our own relationship with God. But we also here to, you know, help people and talk to people so that, you know, they can now work on building their relationships with God as well. And what is a relationship if it ain't give and take? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So yes, we 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 sacrifice and we we trying to we trying to give all these things to God, but let's not forget that God gives us life on a daily basis. He gives us the clothes on our back, the food on our table, the roof that's over our head right now. 
I wouldn't have this without God. You mm. understand what I'm saying? So we shouldn't we should never get to a point where it's like, yeah, you know, I we gotta give we gotta give so much. I gotta I gotta do this. You know, like I I shouldn't it shouldn't hurt me mm. to go into my pocket and pull out that dollar, even <laughs> if it's my last to go and put that in the offering plate. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? So you know, just just another just another swing, another another spin on things. Yeah. I, I agree. I but yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. We to finish reading. No, we got one more oh, verse. Okay. We got one more verse. So the last verse in Samuel, and David built an there an altar to the Lord, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers of the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Mm-mm-mm. David, David had a run, right? Roller coaster. Up. <laughs> Deep slope. And now he started to make it up, right? But it was like, I can't end without a bang. <laughs> you know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta go back down. It's like, like a roller coaster. You know the roller coaster? Like, in the roller coaster, the first, the first initial drop is be the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And it's be like the most scariest one. So you go right there. You're at the top. You're just waiting now. And they sling it on. Yeah. And so he tried going, you know, everything else is like a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my thing is, I hope to never come off as. I have all the answers and I criticize and David. I feel like we are analysts, bro. You know, like, oh, you have sports analysts and they say the good and the bad. As long as I ain't Chuck. But the thing about analysts, um, a lot of times they never play the game and so they can't do no better. Mm. Right? I'm not I'm not coming trying to come off as someone who has done better or can do better. You understand? Mm. I I merely analyze it. And because the, God leaves this Bible here, this word for us to learn about him, learn the mistakes that other people made and get from it. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so, yeah, when it comes to David, man, like, I, David, it's crazy because it don't get too much better in terms of kingdoms after we, um, we, we concluding First and second Samuel, the book mm-hmm. of Samuel, right? Mm-hmm. We going into kings now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it literally talking about kings, right? Hold on. And if we if we all in David and say David do bad, well, you in for a rude awakening <laughs> in that book kings because David is one of the best kings in terms of his relationship with God and his achievements in Israel. Some people see him as the best. You know what I'm saying? Say he, arguably, he is the best the, one. The mm-hmm. best one. You know what I'm saying? And he, and even in that, David had his personal. Mm-hmm. Lost his person. I call it Achilles' heel. He had his weakness. I ain't trying to make this kind of worldly, but you know, superheroes they have a they have a kryptonite or yeah, or weakness. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? <clears throat> we all have weaknesses, and it is foolish for us to think that we are above sin and everything, every form of sin and temptation we can withstand because we cannot withstand any. That's a fact. Jesus was weak in the desert. After not eating for 40 days. And Jesus wasn't known as a gluttonous person. His temptation wasn't gluttony. But the devil said, hey, turn them stones into bread, man. Turn them into bread and like you make yourself a nice meal. Mm-hmm. Because the devil understands us. He understands our needs. He understands the circumstances. And he strikes when, 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 it's, the be- when it's, most, it's most advantageous for him. David was at a point where he had too much more accomplishments he was going to get. If David did chill out, he could end on a medium note. Mm-hmm. You understand? We would, have, we would have had one strike on his name, one blemish, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And the devil saw that as an opportunity to make sure 
that his the end of his reign is remembered by the bad that he did. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and and that's something we as Christians, especially leaders, we have to consider. We have a big task on our hands of sharing the gospel, of being a, a representation of Christ, right? We can do, 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 do. And when we do that, the devil looks at us and tries to make he tries to find the best way to basically destroy or what what it called um just to tarnish every every single thing you've done you know so he he'll let you get high 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 while he baiting you with them lusts and them sins that you don't want to that you don't want to give to God mm-hmm. you don't want to sacrifice you don't want to put them away you don't want to give them to God he'll let that fast in you fast in you fast in you tell you at your peak and he just take that away from you that's what happens when we allow the devil to provoke us and we give in to our lust you know mm-hmm. what I realized in terms of like when I used to be on my fitness goals, used to be what's going on, man? I fought right now by my <laughs> own standards. So I don't talk as someone who accomplished it. We need to I show sure everyone than you. We need to get I it. I show everyone. You also taller than me, guys. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Tangent, tangent. 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 So I got a question after you done. Yeah, by my own standards, right? So I don't talk as if I, I arrived. You see what I'm saying? Because I ain't accomplished yet. Everything I accomplish, I undo. But anyway. I can't even remember what I was gonna say, bro. <laughs> my bar. Yeah. So, so my bar. Oh, I remember that. I remember. Okay, perfect. So when I when I on my game, right? Sometimes, like in the the late night, is when I am. Um, Temptation hit you the most. It hit me. It hit me the hardest. Cause you're idle. Cause I idle, and if I ain't sleepy, I notice it make me lethargic, and I mm-hmm. go to sleep easy. So it's like, bro. Wait, just eat that and don't worry, but you can fast for breakfast. No one I can fast for breakfast. I ain't gonna make it back in the morning. You see what they say? And a lot of times it feels like, bro, I cannot overcome this, bro. I have to eat. Like I I have to eat, bro. But sometimes I'll force myself, no, bro. You you had your calorie limit for the day, go to sleep. When I go to sleep the next day, I feel so rewarded and accomplished because I know that's the hardest it gets, bro. When you feel like, bro, I have to do this and I completely weak. You still have strength, bro. But if we continue to give in, you will never know how strong you actually are. And once you overcome that, you realize, bro, this thing wasn't even that bad, bro. Mm-hmm. I remember when I couldn't go a day without, just hypothetically, I rem- so like people would think, I-, I remember when I couldn't go a day without smoking a cigarette or smoking a pot or doing this and that in the third. When I, had a, when I had this type of addiction, when I used to have these type of thoughts, I remember when it was like that. You feel me? And God, see this, and this is the power of God, bro. He gives us... With through God, we have the ability to overcome temptation. Jesus was tempted in the in the wilderness when he ain't eat for forty days. Bro, food is like the the biggest commodity to Jesus at this point, right? And Jesus um withstood the devil three times. And what the devil do? Leave. Just leave. Because after you after you after you um reject temptation, the devil has no other option. It ain't like it ain't like the devil could say do this and you say no. Do this, you say no. Do this and you say no. And then he pull out a gun and say, do it and force you. No. The most he can do is tempt you, bro. And once you, and once you, um, and easier said than done. Once you have the strength to avoid the temptation, he has to leave, bro. You know what I'm saying? What you was about to say, though? I was going to ask you, like, so what's your biggest lesson or takeaway from 2 Samuel? Hmm. I know it's a little unfair to you right <clears throat> now, right? But let's, yeah. still. Let, let's, uh, y'all, you. My, I, I'll yeah, give you some on. time. My biggest lesson with second, from 2 Samuel, by far, is that sin is hard, right? But it does not only affect you. And so truthfully, no matter how you feel about yourself, 
if you have love for your, your siblings, for your children, for your community, you will do your best to abstain. You understand what I'm saying? You will do your best to work on these things and give these sins to God because the things that you're doing now, it might not, bro, you might not have a direct consequence. Because think about it, right? Let's, David had Uriah killed, right? That was a big thing because of the, of the power dynamic. You was the king killing someone who just is a subject to you, bro, right? But David only could die once. So for you to get punished, it, it, wouldn't, be, it, wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be of the same severity for God just to kill you and then not dead. So you, you have to go through family drama. You have to be on the run. You have to do all of these things. And there were casualties every step of the way. Absalom, remember the 10 virgins? Absalom, the file of 10 of them women. Now these women couldn't even have a mom for the rest of their life. Bro, so much things happen as a consequence of our bad actions. And as and what I was saying, like, I think last part, as I get older in my 20s, I realized, bro, it's better to do the right thing the first time, bro. Even if this thing could save you money or save you time, it's better to be thorough as possible to, pre to prevent the, the possibility of something going wrong and costing you more time and more money, more heartache down the line. And that's what I see in as clear as day in um in the book of first and second Samuel. Well, I can I can be a little bit more general um and and bring it around to David's life as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. That works. And I gonna I I want to I want to uh, the the biggest takeaway for me in looking at David's life is the importance of repentance. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like. Every we no matter no matter how much um, David has fallen, and we've seen even up until the end, David fell time and time again. But and it's not just it's not just um, repentance; it's it's sincerity with your repentance. It's it's that oh, I I know what I did was wrong. I I'm sorry that I did it, and going forth and sinning no more. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So every single time that we see David did something wrong, you know, we 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 look at you know him with Bathsheba. We look at you know what's happening now in 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 um in this last chapter. David did something wrong. He realized his he realized um his folly, and then he he repents and he accepts the consequences of his actions. Mm -hmm. And then he and then he can and then he proceeds to move to move forward with, you know, doing no longer doing the things that he did. Now, that's not to say that new things don't come and, and, and tempt you because the devil has a lot of different ways that he can tempt you. He has a lot of different angles that he can attack from. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, God will always be willing and just to forgive us. And Amen. I think that's the that's my biggest takeaway. That's a fact. But you won't get off the hook though. Yeah, go on. I'm waiting on you. Yeah, you like you like probe. <laughs> <laughs> See, he gave us the flow, but he ain't no now. He gotta end. say that. Yeah, he gotta, you gotta be the anchor now. <laughs> it's all about you know, inquiring minds, inquiring minds. Hey, but it's funny. You could have said, "But y'all take my answer." <laughs> like, mom, we could end on that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think it's, it's, it's like two things that stand out in my mind about this, right? Like, in 2 Samuel, I think we really see what it means to be a man after God's own heart. And mm -hmm. it's funny because we just talk about how much of a roller coaster 2 Samuel was. Mm -hmm. 
But the reason why we see that is because when you instantly think Amman after God's when I remember when I was younger and didn't really fully understand David's story. You know, you just said about David and Goliath and David's David being a king. It's, it's kind of funny how growing up, you don't really, they don't really delve into too much of uh, David yeah. for real. Yeah. So that's, that's a tangent for a different time, but it's, it's funny because now we see David, yeah, he, he had a lot of mess ups. It came with a lot of serious ramifications, right? But we see how each time he knew one where he was wrong and he came to God with complete, like a contrite heart, mm-hmm. eager, like to like make things right. Like we see the devil do some writing this in this, in, like his, his final act, you know what I'm saying? Immediately when it was done, he's like, yo, yeah, I'm wrong. Mm. Like he admitted he was wrong before God even had to come to him. Mm. So now we see it was time to live up to the consequences. Yeah, they were they were awful, but he already knew that. Yeah, I I brought this on my people, and so is it's one thing to say you're sorry, and it's one thing to say yeah, like I'm a Christian, but again, it's like how do you act? And I think that's kind of like my next biggest lesson on. Well, I guess my this is my second lesson from Second Samuel. Your words, your actions have to line up with your words. So we see couple of episodes ago, Shimei, when David came back. Because right before, Shimei was cursing David out, throwing rocks at him, throwing dirt at him. Abishai was ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. So once David came back, Shimei was like, yo, I'm the first one from the house of Saul. Like, I'm a bit deeply sorry about what I did. I'm here, I'm apologizing because I was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Bad place, whatever, but I was wrong. And David was like, yeah, okay, you, you ain't, you ain't got to die today. No one will die today. And we see different instances in 2 Samuel 2 where, especially right after that Absalom rebellion, like people's words, like people's actions were matching up with their words, including David. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm humble now. So like now my actions are matching what I'm saying. And there's a lot of times as Christians where we would say things, but we don't really mean it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> it sounds funny. But no, that's a big no, that's one. A big that's a big one. one. I, it I sounds to, funny. I start praying right then and there in the moment because I know I will forget. Bro. But that's the thing about like, how much time I say some people, yeah, I can pray for you, I can pray about your situation, but I never pray about it. And that's bad on me. Like, I, like again, I ain't no better than David. Mm-hmm. That's bad on me. Telling someone, oh yeah, I, I'll do so and such and such a thing for you. You ain't really want to, or you like, ah, oh, should I forget about it? Mm-hmm. But as we as Christians, we got to start taking the more serious to like, well, when someone asks us to pray for them, we actually do pray for them in the moment or like actually make a mental note of it. Of like when I, when I pray, I need to remember so-and-so because they, they going through something and actually like just being more diligent about it. And so that's the next lesson. And then my thing, my last lesson is like, love looks different than what we'd expect it to look. Mm-hmm. Because did David love his children? We see he loved his children, mm-hmm. right? But it was the type of love without correction. And so love isn't always a bed of roses. It isn't always a field of flowers. Love goes through its rough, rough patches. Ironically, I'm not, I'm not the only one on the board who's not who's who's not married right now, <laughs> right? But right lo- now, That's right now, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming in time. It's coming in time. I'd agree. But, but like. With 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 Absalom, even with Amnon, like had, had David addressed the situation earlier, because he didn't want to make things bad or worse or try to conceal. Granted, he was going through his own personal struggles, right? But had he addressed it, things probably because he only could speculate because it never happened. But things probably wouldn't have spiraled out of control. And so the free flowing love that we think love should be. Love has correction because if I love you, I can't allow you to do certain things anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you, you, you had this great analogy too. Like, like 
I don't know, it's either pre-part or after the part or a couple times ago, right? But either way, you were saying like, yo, like, I don't cheat because, like, I like I don't cheat because like I I love my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't be with anyone because I love my wife. You know what I'm saying? Because now, yeah, I have free options to do whatever I want, but because of the love I have, I don't want to do certain things anymore. And that should be the same way we are with God because we love God or because we love whoever we're, we're we're not going to do certain things. And now if we do these certain things or you have certain replications, it's because of love. And it's just interesting. So it's like a lot of lessons in Second Samuel that makes you just think and ponder. And it's, a, it's an interesting book. It's an interesting book. And like you start seeing the multi-layers in it because like the Bathsheba thing, we didn't know how deep it actually was. Mm. You think it's just, okay, David messed up, but no, like, no, you, bro, you, you really should have known better. Mm-hmm. But again, it shows the grip that sin has on you and the grip that Satan can put you in just because you think you know better, but, oh, I think I can I can do something, not get away with it, but what is in the dark always comes to light. And it's going to be mindful of that. So I guess that's my three-headed, three-headed answer. But it's an interesting book. Definitely interesting book. And so now without further ado, our next chapter will be First Kings. Kings. Yes, sir. David's pride led him to make a decision that greatly displeased God. And as a result, Israel had to suffer for his mistakes. And now, David has become too old and too weak to rule as king. And his eldest son has usurped the throne. But who is to be the next anointed king of Israel? We'll talk more about that on the next episode. Of a breath of fresh air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Dominic McFall, as well as your hosts, Earl Roberts and the Cars Gate. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at a breath of fresh air pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks everyone, and we'll see you next week.